You're listening to Lost and Sound, a podcast exploring music, identity, and the future. believe that one of the best ways we come together is through music and through this series I'm looking at how music can and is bringing us together now and in the future. From my base in Berlin we'll be meeting artists from a range of disciplines from all across the world who are drawing on music right now, some already exploring new ways of doing this. Hey, how are you doing? I hope you're good. I hope you're well. I hope you're having a really lovely day wherever you are. You join me in Hassan Hyde Park in Neukölln in Berlin. It's Monday, June the 14th, and it's it's either six or seven. I'm not really sure. Six or seven in the evening, and it's fucking hot. And I just came out here to do the, the talky bit for you, and I, there's there's like lots of people just chilling out there's like beer bottle tops scattered around the the signs of of the weekend nocturnal activities that go on in this park this is a park that since the beginning of the pandemic has become one of the designated places where people go listen to really loud music and dance through sound systems in in the kind of it's a very sort of meadow if you know Hassan Hyde it's a very sort of meadow-esque kind of park it's what I guess feels like a weird sort of retro vibe dream now that what was being called plague raves last year is this is where some of that happened and and right now um with the figures so low and stuff clubs are already beginning to kind of open up open up outside spaces there's talk even about doing away with masks in certain kinds of areas and 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 stuff we'll see how that plays out and i'm certainly not casting any kind of moral judgment either way just the reality that i live just down the road from here i've not been to any of these outside parties yet i've got my second vaccination on thursday so that might be something that I I moved towards quite quite soon. Um, a friend of mine was telling me the other day, who lives really nearby, a neighbour, in fact, not just a friend, but a neighbour, was telling me that on Saturday night he could hear 150 BPM Italo disco emanating through the wind, through the meadows, towards his his apartment window from Saturday night. Today on the show... You're going to hear an interview that was carried out a little while ago now with Tessa Doustra, a.k.a. Luton. Luton is a Dutch word meaning place without wind. And her second album, which is what 
tuned me into her i have to admit i had i've only really recently heard of her but what tuned me into her was her second album draft and i think the thing that really appealed to me that made me thought i'd love to speak to her for lost and sound was the way that she combines what is quite often two quite separate elements in music on one hand she's a singer-songwriter and she writes these beautiful quite upbeat kind of songs and on the other there's this sort of wonderful textural soundscape element coming on and and she kind of combines them both and i think so often in music people seem to be either one or the other when they're making it it's not a rule it's not always the case there's loads of good examples in fact and and and, and luton is one of them where the production, the gathering of sounds, the sort of textures the, the, on this album, there's like resampled voices and pitched stuff and there's there's kind of field recording elements and it's all very, very, very sort of like atmospheric, but it sort of combines into something that I guess without wanting to sort of be glib about it or put her in a box, when I first heard it, it kind of reminded me of this kind of, dream i have of how brian eno and st vincent and david byrne and and maybe like dirty projectors play with music as well that wasn't a real dream that was just a really weird metaphor that i made because it's really hot and my brain is a little bit fuzzy but she's one of these people that manages to combine what is sometimes seen as being two separate things like you have producers and you have people that kind of do melodies and sing and write songs um i've always been really interested at the sort of intersection between these two things about how textures can infuse how songs are made as well so we got into a right old chat about that um she's from the netherlands when we spoke she was in the netherlands this conversation happened on the 5th of may of this year it is now June the 16th. It is really hot. I hope you're having a lovely day and I hope you enjoy listening. I'm here. Excellent. Hi, Tessa. How, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'm loving the album. And um, you're in Amsterdam at the moment, are you? No, actually, I'm in Nijmegen. Okay. I don't know if you know Nijmegen, but that's uh, close to the German border, actually, because you live in... Berlin, I'm, right? I'm in Berlin, yes. Okay. I, I mean, being English, um, we have issues with the way we pronounce things and stuff. So, you know, like I, Nijmegen, um, I, I know that I'm probably pronouncing that really badly. <laughs> no, no, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. So in English, we would say Nijmegen or something. Right. Be easier. Yeah. I speak German quite badly, um, like most um non-native speakers in in berlin to be honest but the, the which is kind of appalling and very colonial and very bad of me but i kind of also the 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 pace i'm going i do love it though as well at the same time like little things when i discover how to pronounce the umlauts properly certain little phrases like uh, we we mentioned just off air which is a shame we weren't recording actually about the soft and loud thing in 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 dutch can you say what that was about? Yeah, yeah. So uh, when I was mixing my new record, uh, I was in London with Ben Bepti, that's the mixer's uh, name. And um, I was constantly saying soft, where I meant quieter. So, But in Dutch, you would use the word soft to explain that you wanted a bit quieter. But mm. soft in 
EQ language meant like make it a bit softer, like the sound of the, <laughs> of the thing you're talking about. So there was a bit of uh, misinterpreting there at first, but uh, we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. And it does make sense that those two words are related, really. It's just in a technical sense yeah. that they're quite different. I think with your music, I think one of the, particularly with drafts, is there's this, um, well, I think what's kind of unusual for, for me in, in some ways is that it's not generally, but quite often people that make music are often either more on the production side and involved in a textural sound world, or they're maybe a bit more on the the kind of crafting songs used, you know, in a conventional, you know, in, in terms of making the songs with words and melodies. Whereas with, with this album, it feels like both those two elements are kind of quite equal in, in terms of when I listen to it, you know, it's, it's, it's both a kind of textural sound recording album and a song, an album full of beautiful songs and hooks uh, as well. Mm. And, um, you know, in terms of like this, does that does that resonate with you? Do you feel that it's sort of somewhere between those two things, or, or is it just do you just make music and that's how it comes out? Mm. Well, a bit of both. I really enjoy listening to this analysis because I I feel like it should be a perfect marriage between sound and and lyrics and song, um, and so I'm really happy that it comes across that way. Um, yeah. So when I I always want to learn something new when I do something new. Mm. And uh, for this record, I, I really wanted to to be able to have the music inside of my computer for as long as possible. I, did, I, I wanted to add things from people around me, but I wanted to have my computer. I'm, I'm, I'm pointing at my computer. <laughs> but I wanted it to be the, the center of, of this entire project. So, um, I was working on my computer and I was writing on it too. So the production and the writing really, um, uh, really grew like simultaneously, mm. I guess. So, um, so maybe it just came from that way of, of, of doing it. Yeah. But I also feel like I, I just really love songwriting and I love, R- lyrics and I love putting a lot of time and effort in it but I also feel like the sound is telling the same story at the same time or it can or it can do something with it that it's actually does the opposite to make you think or or think about it a little longer mm. because you're like what what just happened so it, it's it's such a important combination of both you know yeah yeah I, yeah. I love the, <laughs> I love the way you describe that and it's, it's in a way it's almost like reminds me of what like something like film does in the way you talk about it of like sort of having maybe like the contrasting things going on between say the lyric doing one thing and the sound doing something totally different the contrast word that was the one I was like oh that's the word yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> and so did um was the was the sort of textural side part of the songwriting process for you then yeah definitely because well for example a song as sleeveless um there's this it starts with with a big hit like four hits mm. in a row and um that hit was actually in the guitar recording so i was recording my guitar and it was just a demo and I was recording it in front of my laptop once again. And um, I, there were people outside. I was living in Amsterdam at that time. At that time, and there were people outside talking and locking their bikes. And they have these big locks. And they um, 
and they twirled around the seat of the of the bike so it made a lot of sound and it all went into the recording and when i listened to that guitar recording i was like Ooh, this uh might interfere a little with with what's there but i like the sound of the guitar so that much because i wanted to re-record the guitar but it didn't really work mm. so the the sound that was in that recording became a part of the song so and it's very textural and we also added a couple of bells in the studio and things that that hit that that complimented that hit but um there's there's always something in those recordings and like textures and things that accidentally happen that I really want to keep or use even. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so sort of they feed off each other in a way. Yeah. And it's also funny because the studio always seems like a space where you want to keep the outside world out because mm. you want to be in control of everything. But I actually like not having these perfect recordings and seeing what's there and, and, and see if, if there's something usable or that gives it an extra space or an extra texture yeah mm. and and you know like um do you do you use field recordings as well deliberately as field recordings like do you do you kind of go out with a little recorder sometimes and kind of see what sounds that you can kind of pick up yeah i i i have done that but on this album i i in the end i didn't use those but mm. i did have have record i do have recordings of construction sites and uh people waiting at the Oh, traffic lights, you know, like the tick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, all those. <laughs> all those yeah, I've got quite a few on my computer of, of like different different sort of train sounds in Berlin and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Just like, you know, the, the U7 or something like that, you know, just when it kind of gets to a certain stop, it just has a really nice timbre to it and yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing and I, I it also tells a story it says something mm. about where you are what time of where in what era we're living you know it's so there's so much information in all those sounds and it's really nice to incorporate that into your music yeah yeah definitely um i kind of wanted to sort of go into into the past now if that's okay and i kind of wanted okay. to sort of excellent um wanted to kind of talk about how you know your childhood and how music kind of w at what point music kind of started to kind of come into your life do you have like any sort of early specific memories of being really young and then being kind of captured by something you heard Yeah, so I remember I was always really fascinated by things you could make, if that makes sense. So when I was giving, so the first in instrument I was giving by my mom when I was six, and it was a recorder flute. It's like the least sexy, well, she doesn't <laughs> tell recorder flute players this, but it's like just this plastic flute I was given. And uh, my my niece told me how to, what what notes were on there on that flute so she wrote those in a little on a piece of paper and i immediately used them to uh to write a melody mm. with lyrics so it was immediately it was a tool to 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 do something or to tell something and i'm i'm not sure how that how that came maybe it was always there but it's just evolved with different instruments but also with the video camera i found mm. and i had this fisher price radio recorder thing where i made a, a radio show with with the all the girl bands i was listening to at that time uh introducing them and and, and uh, telling what i thought was beautiful about that music at that time so it was all everything was used to create something and mm. uh and for and music for me i think it started just with those instruments and then 
Um, and I also sang a lot with my mom at home. She's a really good, she has a really nice alto voice and she's mm. really good at singing harmony. So we could sing together. And I also grew up in a, a Christian family. So there was a lot of uh, music in church. Mm. So every Sunday we would go to church and sing. Um, and I was also singing, yeah, well, there's, these are, there's, these are so many, there's a, so many stories to tell. <laughs> That's okay. Music so good. Came up, but yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, I was so so in church as well. I sang in a, in a, in a children's choir, and I just I just really I think that's where I started to feel the power of music because when I was standing in front of a church and singing a solo piece or like or like guiding the church towards well in the song, I really felt that it when I used my voice it it did something with them and they mm. wanted to sing along or they uh, felt something. So for me, that, that was really like, whoa, this is a powerful tool. This is something that you should use carefully or use uh, uh, in, in a good way. So um, I think that's where my, my love for like using that voice and making music came that, that's amazing so it was this kind of feeling of like way you, I love the way you describe that it's like a feeling of kind of responsibility that you know music is music is is a sort of a thing that has a power it's like I mean I was going to say it's like whiskey but that's a really bad analogy but just in terms that you know whiskey you know you have to be responsible with that's a bad analogy sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> but like just in terms of just in terms of feeling you know you have to be careful with how you put it across. Um, yeah, and that there's something, yeah, and, and not not especially like careful in a way that you should be like not generous with it or mm. something, but it's just something I want to put to good use. And I feel like it should, there, you should really, you're presenting something to, you're adding something to the world. So mm. I, I feel like it must be something you, you put a lot of thought and heart into. And, um, uh, yeah, that feels like a responsibility because there's so much things that shouldn't be there or are, that are just there to I don't know like mm. make more money or expand or grow bigger or it's 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 a it's delicate. Yeah, because I guess there's so much in our lives that even in like a just a regular way, not an, even in a melodramatic way, where we're giving out like whether it's oh my god, my Netflix overcharged me this month you know everything's come, coming out of us continually you know and so it's, I think music is one of those things that kind of just breathes life into us definitely yeah and and like I'm talking about breath as well it kind of brings me on to like the idea of air and wind and Luton is Dutch meaning place without wind uh can you Tell me why, what this is about and what this means to you. Mm, well, actually, it really ties back to the thing you just said about um, that everything you consume is also a part, a part of you in a sense, mm. right? Or everything you put out is part of the world. So we have to think about that. But um, when I started Luton, uh, I the name actually came after I, I made the music because I was, when I started making this music, I thought, okay, now I'm going to do everything in the most authentic way. I want mm. to look for my own voice. And it's really important if I want to find my own voice, that there's no one there, that, that I'm totally alone. And I, I want don't want any influence from the outside, no other people, no other, I don't know. I just, I, I was mm. just in this vacuum creating this music. So that's where it actually came from. I thought, well, it's nice to have some sort of safe 
space where you can create and just look for the things that resonate with you because that's really important. Um, but after a while, so that record came out and I was living my life, but I really get, became a part of my identity. It was really a thing that I said about me. It's like, I'm the person who wants to lock herself up, be alone. She doesn't need other people. She doesn't want other people. Other people do not need her. So it was like a really, it became a really big part of my identity. And, and then I started working on the new music. And after some time, I, I saw words coming back into the songs and, and one of them was draft. And I, and I thought, well, maybe it's time to unlock the door a little and let people in because how, how much of me being alone is because I really want to and how much of it is because I'm actually afraid of the outside world or mm. to show myself. So that's actually the, the process I was getting into. And then, um, what I liked about the word draft is that it also means like sketch a, a, mm. a version of yourself. So going back to that identity thing, I, I really enjoyed like exploring different sides of me and, um, and going into, uh, or exploring like the part of me with other people. Mm. It, it is interesting. So, cause, you know, what you're saying though, is it sort of feels like that's something you've let more of that experience come into your life more yeah. on the second album than on the first album. Yeah, so I, I really enjoy how the, the name of the, the music of mm. the artist, Luton, is, is also the, the, the process of the project itself. Right, so it's not 100% you. It's not like your alter ego. Or is, is it partly your alter ego as well? Or is it... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I feel like in real life I'm really messy chaotic really em emotional person and in my music i can really decide what things to show and and, and what things to contain a little mm. and i really feel at at ease or at peace uh, uh, even in my own music so it's a part of me that i i uh, where i do not feel as um how do you say it like turbulent Right. And so, and this gives you something as well. So it's like in making the music, it gives you this sense of feeling less turbulence and. Yeah. And I, and I also feel like I also thought a lot about why I should, like we were talking about whether you should share something or not. And I also feel like art or music in the, in the biggest sense is something that once shared, it can, actually make that connection with people who feel the same way or are going to, through the same things, of course. So I, I really felt like this personal process could be like an, a more uh, interhuman thing, mm -hmm. or that's what I hope for it to be. So that's why I describe it. So <laughs> That's amazing. So it, it's kind of, it's, it's like a device as well. It's something, yeah. something that you've built around yourself for your own, partly for your own help and extending on into hopefully other people kind of, you know, it adds to, exactly. adds to the dialogue of life, really. <laughs> yes, yes, I hope so, yeah. Which kind of also ties into what we were saying a little bit, well, what you were telling me earlier on about like your experience of singing in church and feeling the kind of the power of music and this kind of responsibility of it to do that. So in a way, it sort of feels like from what you're saying, you've, you've fulfilled or you're in the process of fulfilling this like early revelation 
Yeah, so to speak. This is a really biblical, biblical. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm doing. I'm definitely putting all the biblical references in there. Aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and and like um, and and also kind of. I feel, I don't know if you've answered this already, but it kind of feels relevant to me with the music as well, and like the draft and and what you're saying that there's a sense of uh, and like kind of having this kind of airtight kind of space. There's there's a sort of real sense of ambience to the music and you, you've spoken in the past and you did a little bit earlier on about solitude as well um and what, what is is there a process for kind of creating this around you like before you go into record do you have like a kind of a a way of getting into the zone yeah I feel like well it's all about the balance that's mm. what I figured so I'm looking for a some sort of solitude to start with because mm. I don't want music to be about uh, pleasing other people or um, or about uh, doing something that everyone's expecting you to do. I feel like you should look for new ways and new sounds and to, to, to create something new. So I need that solitude to, to find that or to let go of all of those mm. eyes and those judgments, potential judgments. And... Um, when I start working on something, I don't want to have any rules. I don't want to have any expectations. I don't want any restrictions, or that's how I worked on, on this album. So every instrument was a, an option, and uh, every twist was something that I could do. Um, and the judging, I wanted to, to postpone the judging to as late as possible. So the, the way I started was every day with a clean sheet, and just see what happens. Yeah. Mm. I like the so the judging. Um, I relate to that in the sense that I call that for me. My judging comes in when it comes to editing. And is that what you mean there? Definitely, yeah. Editing is a big part of it, mm. but also like choosing a sound or a word or a way you use your voice and telling yourself, "Oh, I can't do that because that's not in my genre" or mm. something like that. Um, I remember when I was playing in a band long time ago, a different band was more of a folk band that I did an ad lib thing with my voice and that someone was telling me, well, no, we're not going to do that in this band. And that's when I really noticed, well, okay, I want to have a project where I could do this. That mm -hmm. That's important to me to be free and, and do this or explore this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's interesting that you kind of relate that to a folk band as well, because I definitely think... Um, that, you know, like sort of certain kinds of music can say even food is made around tradition and it has to kind of stick to certain ways of preserving that tradition. But then it's, it's more kind of craft, I guess. And I feel like what you're talking about is actually, to me, I see that as art because that's, you know, you're, you're letting things come in and finding combinations and not being told off by your own, own brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I do love uh, people who are really good at that. It's mm. not that I, uh, I don't like um, listening to that. I, 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 I love. I mean, f for example, that the latest Adrian Lenker record for me is so is so beautiful, and it, it came out last year. And it's but f to me, it really ties back to sort of traditional um, way of using your instruments. For example, mm. while well, I found it groundbreaking at the same time, but um, to me, the 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 pleasure of of making something isn't really in like knowing how to do that but just really just finding 
just inventing the wheel once again. I hope to invent some mm. wheel someday. <laughs> <laughs> and does that give you like a kind of a sense of, of kind of childness, childless, not what's the word, sorry, a sense of childish wonder as well of being able to kind of just not have those rules? Yeah, I think so. And, I, and also like music is the perfect tool to feel free, I think. And uh, for me, that, that really adds to that that thing that freedom that can be found in music if you just let yourself do whatever and don't don't say this is ugly or this mm. is beautiful but just do it. it it has some sort of i don't know it just feels really free Does it, where you're at what do you what do you sort of do you feel optimistic about what's coming up next do you feel that um like in terms of there are sort of glimmers now of the potential to play live Again, do you have anything booked, for example? Do you have any? Yeah. Yeah, so um, we just announced a, a, a tiny tour. So we're seeing, and, and um, of course, everybody knows nothing sure in these times. Mm. But I really hope that, it, um, that, we, um, that we can do these shows. And uh, yeah, so we're going to uh, Germany too, to Berlin, to Köln, Köln mm. and uh, London, Luxembourg. And in uh, in Holland, we're going to do some shows too. So, I uh, really hope that um, we can try and do those things. Are there certain things that have to be considered, like in terms of organizing it. Like, are the are you, is there sort of more of a kind of early sense of you have to fill out these forms about risk a bit more? <laughs> yeah. There are forms. There are a lot of forms, mm. um, and a lot of communication, and uh, there's a lot of flexibility. Um, asked to a lot of for of a lot of people because mm. you have to to switch days and there's a lot of it's 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 really uncertain but I think uh, it's nice to have them there and I just uh, really hope to be able to make all of those but let's see safety first safety first I know but let's let's yeah. let's, let's, let's bit like you saying earlier on let's be optimistic about it as well you know exactly it, yeah. exactly yes yeah so there will come a day I'm sure yeah. <laughs> and would you, if, if you're thinking about it now, do you, how do you, about the idea of playing live, does it, how does it feel to you? You know, because like, I mean, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and we were all even, we were just literally talking about waiting for the time in the summer where our favourite bar will open and about the idea of ordering a drink after six or seven months and it being kind of like a really emotional experience to doing <laughs> something like that like um I imagine for like sort of actually walking out onto a stage and, and playing a song that's going to be quite an emotional experience is it is it something that you feel now yeah well we have done a couple of like seated shows here mm. in holland uh there were a couple of possibilities to to play uh, for 30 people who sat on chairs in pairs of two mm. and um it was it was as amazing as awkward as it is at the same time because <laughs> a, a show is about like getting a drink and and talking to your friends and these people could only clap so mm. you you can't use your voice you can't sing along um so there are a lot of restrictions to the the well the the looseness you normally feel when you go to a show or to a festival, right? So, so on, on one hand, it's really nice to have music in a room with people, and I really enjoyed doing that, and I and I'm really looking forward to doing that again. But at the same time, it requires a different uh, approach, and and you have to set your um, 
expectations. You have to readjust your expectations a little because mm. for people, it's a it's a different experience. And uh, uh, but it's really nice to it's it's really nice to enjoy it together. But at the same time, it's a bit awkward because as soon as you want to yell, you can't. And mm. as soon as I want to ask something, well, I can't actually because they're not going to respond or they may not. So it's it's there. There's something weird there. But <laughs> yeah. <nice> to, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, in a few years' time, that'll all be just like a surreal memory and. Yeah, you know, you you know the full volume and people shouting can kind of return. Yeah, yeah. and I was also thinking a lot about what David Byrne said in that book, "How Music Works." I love works. that book. Is yeah. that oh, mm. don't you? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. so so good. But what I really what I really love about what he said that that every setting is for a different approach. Mm. So I think even if this will take a lot of time, we can get used to this and we can make something really special for these places. But it takes some time to adjust, I think. So even if it if all goes to shit, <laughs> then we'll all then we're still going to be able to uh to make something special for those places too. But right now we're still hoping for it for the thing that we remember, right? Yeah, that's right actually. It's um really interesting way of you putting it. Like yeah, no, definitely it is there's there's this real sense of Well, I mean, like particularly with your music as well, I imagine like the the idea of having silence around it can kind of there will be an interesting way that like, I could imagine seeing that, like in in terms of you know there there is allowing all of that silence in to a performance. That's true. Yeah, definitely. Bringing a bit of the John Use. Cage in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four minutes and uh, 33 Yeah, seconds. yeah. <laughs> I can never get the timing right on, on all No, this. me neither. <laughs> um, Tessa, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to chat with you. Thank you. Likewise. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's Tessa Dalstra. Records under the name Luton. In conversation with me, Paul Hanford, for Lost and Sound. A little way back now in May the 5th. As I mentioned earlier on, you can kind of feel that time has moved a little bit in some of the things we're talking about there. Um, really nice to know that the tour that we're talking about on air that I was going to cut out of the conversation, I didn't need to because the dates are back on again. Uh, album Draft, which came out a little while ago now. It's well, well worth checking out. If you've not checked it out already, um, me personally, I love the way that the the sounds and the melodies kind of combine and and sort of infuse each other. Um, I've always been a big believer that that songwriting isn't necessarily about words, and although it can be, and quite often is, it's 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 about texture as well. Um, Thanks so much, Tessa. Thanks so much for chatting with me. And I hope you, yes, you, you out there, I hope you're all having a really, really, really lovely day wherever you are. And yeah, I'll chat to you soon. Take care.
you for listening. Lost and Sound is written and produced by me, Paul Hanford. Title music by ESO. And a big thanks to Kieran Yates in the UK for mastering the levels. And this episode is being hosted by Bear Radio. And you can check out other English language podcasts from Berlin by going on bearradio.org. And if you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave a comment. It really does help. And also, if you wish, you can help the production costs of Making Lost and Sound by buying me a digital coffee at coffee.com. There is a link in the socials. Take care and speak to you soon.